So I'm going to tell you, I logged into LinkedIn today and the very first thing I saw was this giant photo of Wendy Keene's head. And it was like enormous. The entire screen was taken up by Wendy Keene. It was so much so that I wanted to print it and frame it. If I could have put a 16 by 20 behind me before we got on the call, because I think this is what LinkedIn's all about. Wendy Keene. And it was a it was a headshot. It was a professional headshot. Very nicely done. Well lit. All the rest. (laughs) Not, there was no feather boa. It wasn't a glamour shot. It was a professional headshot and uh, very nicely done. It was like, holy cow, what are you trying to tell me? I didn't even post this, right? Wasn't this the instant? And it was a link on someone else's post. I, yeah. I saw it too. I saw it too. <laughs> I, I, I feel missed out. I, I missed out. I haven't seen that. I'm going to go look for this now. You're, you're really some, not missing anything. <laughs> it was enormous. I mean, and I have a large monitor in front of me. So bang, it was a giant picture of Wendy Keene in my face. I'm like, excellent. I just didn't do it. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't do it. I didn't. I contributed a chapter. And I'm sorry that was what you got stuck with. So, so Chris, I was worried, right, that we're having a very sensible recording and there wouldn't be a cold open. Well, okay, we're, we're sorted now. <laughs> <laughs> it was too serious, right? I mean, I even dressed up. So, you know. I love how you did. Three, two, one, and off we go. We were almost prepared, right? It's crazy. (laughs) This is us. I feel much better. This is better. (laughs) No, I... (laughs) Phil, I love it. I I need to get this... Wait, I need to get the different picture. This is the way this really needs to look. It's like this. There we go. Uh A giant Wendy Keene on one (laughs) monitor and everyone else on the other monitor. So, (laughs) You could have leaned in closer to the camera. (laughs) You you, you realize... (laughs) You realize Wendy's going to take out an online injunction against you this rate, Phil. Hi, everybody. I am Chris Lockhart. Welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things, joined by, as always, Phil Yanoff, Wendy Keene, Oliver Kronk, and extra special guest, uh, Richard Bliss. Richard is was ranked at number eight by LinkedIn uh, in terms of global sales expertise uh, using their platform. Um, he's written a book, uh, I think it was last year it came out, right? A Digital First Leadership, available on Audible and Amazon and all of the places that you would expect to find uh, that book. And he's also uh, the head of Blisspoint Consulting, um, which uh, I imagine, um, you know, in, in the era of, you know, social selling, right, that's got to be um, something that's really hot uh, in terms of a topic. And so um, what are we going to talk about today? First of all, thank, thank you for joining us, Richard. I know you're a busy guy. I know it's California, right? You're, you're out West. So we, we're spanning the globe here, um, time zone wise. Uh, well, we've got I, Norway, I we've got Britain. So yeah. Um, but thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it because what we wanted to talk about was you know, last uh, last couple episodes, we've been talking about social media, but we're not experts. You are the expert. So I wanted to like get you on here and, and ask some questions because I think, you know, 
Um, the, the way the, the economic horizon looks right now is a little bit cloudy. And I think a lot of folks are maybe thinking about, you know, what does their career look like in the coming year? So thank you for joining us. I appreciate oh, my pleasure. It. Always a pleasure to be here. And uh, it's, it's, it's great to put faces to names, having connected or engaged with some of you here on the call. So this is, this is always a nice pleasure. So thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, awesome. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll get right into it. I, you know, I've been on LinkedIn for years. I want to know, you know, what are some strategies, right, that you recommend, right, for building a, a successful LinkedIn profile? And, and, you know, how might some of the folks that listen to this, um, you know, what are some tips they could take away? Um, you know, I, mean, I imagine you have like a top 10 strategies or something along those lines. Yeah, and it really depends on the audience. And by the way, you've been on LinkedIn for 16 years. Just uh, there's a brand new there's a brand new feature that just got rolled out within the last couple of weeks that allows you to go to anybody's profile, mm-hmm. click on the more button, and at the very bottom it says about this profile, and it's going to tell. And this is to because on LinkedIn you can fake almost everything, and so to kind of start t- cutting down on some of those fake profiles, this about section, this more info tells you when that account signed up. And basically if it's verified the phone number. And so they're trying to do more to verify those accounts. So I just looked at so 16 years, 16 years. Well, I mean, it feels good being 26. So I think, you know, we'll, there you we'll, go. You joined when you were 10. Yeah. Okay. That's, and uh, so, so what's interesting is that there's the profile. We think of LinkedIn as a resume job right? Or to an older audience, electronic Rolodex. I, my team's mostly millennials. I had to send them a link to an online museum to show them what a Rolodex looked like. Um, and a lot of us started our careers in the late 1900s. That's also a term that my team has started using. Because, and see, Phil's laughing because that is not flattering at all. Right? But true. <laughs> but true. Floppy disks and covered wagons is kind of how they see us for this younger generation. And our struggle to understand how to master 21st century communication tools calls into our question our ability to actually lead 21st century organizations to have a relevant voice in today's world. Because you know we start quoting our fact that we've been doing this for 25 plus years or 20 plus years. That sounds impressive to us, but to the audience that we're talking to, they're just like, I don't even remember the previous millennial millennium. And you're talking about it as if you still live there. So it's something to think about that as we approach LinkedIn, we have to move away from our profiles, our resume, and we have to move away from, this is basically just where I keep all contact with all my, my friends and colleagues and, and network. Um, it is so much more than that. And we are missing out on an opportunity to take advantage of it. So I just want, that's my kind of my opening statement about that. I don't know. If that resonates with anybody. No, else. it's not Facebook. I think we can it's all not agree Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah. And if you hear somebody saying, well, LinkedIn is becoming so much more like Facebook, I'm telling you that, no, that is not happening. And it might be because you see somebody put up a personal photo or a picture or a story about personal, but jump over to your Facebook feed if you still have one and just go through the top five posts. And it is not Facebook. And so what's happened is I teach and engage with my clients. That LinkedIn is where you do your job now, not necessarily where you look for a job. And if you demonstrate doing your job effectively, then the job, the work will come because people will see you being an expert, participating in conversations, sharing your knowledge, engaging with your prospects, customers, partners, vendors, 
actively, it's almost like you're at a networking event and you're getting to listen over the shoulder of somebody and they're sharing this expertise. You're like, man, I want that person to come either to work for my organization or hire, I want to hire them or whatever it might be versus the static resume. Here's all my skills. Here's all my abilities. Please hire me. Chris, it's just as a side note, I, I mentioned this earlier before we started recording. I visited a series of CEOs in the um, this past week, three different groups, and I pulled up every single one of their LinkedIn profiles. And so often the opening lines were demonstrated history working in the manufacturing industry. Demonstrated. You know, they copied their CV. Yeah. And then I asked the audience, who does it sound like the intended audience is for this opening line of their about section? And the answer, number one, is always recruiters and hiring managers. And so we were sitting, the CEO of a company was sitting in my audience. There were only a dozen of them. And I pulled up a list of opening lines of about sections, and they all kind of read like that. And I asked them, who do you guys, who does it sound like this is they're talking to? Oh, it's hiring managers. They're looking for a new job. And I turned to the CEO who was hosting this event. And I said, oh, by the way, these aren't random. These are your senior leaders, your VPs. This is the opening line of all of their about sections. Yeah. So you just told me that it looks like they're all looking for a job. You did not know that. The next day he emailed me and became a client and asked me to, in two weeks, to train his entire senior staff on how to represent themselves. So they're talking to customers rather than talking to hiring managers. So that was a great, that was a great selling tool. That was not my purpose. It wasn't to get a get him as a client, but it was to show how we need to rethink how we have our LinkedIn profile. So so Richard, I guess building on that in terms of things that people are getting wrong or need to rethink, what are are the the things beyond this sort of social profile piece you think they get wrong? And I guess um, what I'm really interested in, a lot of people out there are giving tips on the LinkedIn algorithm and things like that. And and kind of, I'd be interested in sort of how data-driven are some of these sort of recommendations? Because I guess People can come up with pet theories about the algorithm, but it's sometimes hard to sort of test some of this stuff for what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So let's talk about the algorithm. So my company sponsors the largest LinkedIn algorithm research report every year. And that's with Richard Vanderblom. Richard and I are partners. I was just on a call with him this morning. I'm planning on uh, visiting with him uh, early this coming year. Richard and I have worked together closely on this algorithm research report. And you bring up an excellent point, Oliver, is that opinion forms so much of the advice that's given when it comes to LinkedIn. And I appreciate that, but I'm not in the business of opinion. I'm in the business of data-driven decisions. And so the algorithm has, this algorithm research report has been eye-opening for so many people, mainly because it's pointed out that almost every initiative, every skill, technique, anything you try from the other social media platforms is sabotaging your efforts to be successful on LinkedIn, almost universal. For example, When it comes to reach, worst performing content on LinkedIn, video, by far, 10x difference. Well, wait a minute. We're told the video is the best stuff. Everybody's telling you, you, TikTok exists for video. That's true. But on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's looking for one outcome from any content you put on their platform. One thing they're looking for, did you start a conversation? And videos tend not to start conversations. Videos tend to be maybe watched, click like, and move on. So it actually doesn't create an environment that creates the sharing of ideas back and forth. Something else that a lot of people don't know is that when you post something on LinkedIn, it does not go 
to all of your connections. So Oliver, you've got 6,000 connections. Well, you're five shy of that. You know what? Here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, connect with you right now. So now you're four shy of that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. It's now, charity work. Yeah. But so Oliver's got 6,000. That's a pretty impressive number. He makes a post. LinkedIn does not show it to 6,000 people. LinkedIn shows it to 10% of that. So you got 600 people. That's still a pretty good number. They're going to see it. Unless, of course, it contains a link and you're driving people off of the platform. Now it's only going to show it to 300. Or if that post is something you reshared from somebody else, now it's only going to show it to about 60 people. Because if you reshare somebody else's conversation, you have not started your own conversation. You've simply copied somebody's conversation. LinkedIn wants to see you commenting. LinkedIn wants to see you creating new content. If, you're gonna, if I'm going to share Oliver's post, I need to tell my audience why I'm sharing it. And I, that's usually 50 to 100, 150 words of content to explain and start a new conversation. And then I need to get Oliver to come and engage with it, showing LinkedIn that there's actually a tie between what we're doing. It's these subtle changes in our behavior because Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, they teach us to click like and move on. They make their revenue from advertising. They want to show your content to as many people as possible to get as many eyeballs so they make as much money. LinkedIn's like, no, 80% of LinkedIn's revenue comes from paying customers, sales navigator, LinkedIn recruiter, and premium. These three drive 80% of the billions and billions of dollars that LinkedIn brings in, which means that, I mean, think about it. How much of us are willing to pay money to Elon Musk to participate on Twitter? He discovered that number is actually pretty small. Yeah. LinkedIn I think it's just Phil. I'm pretty sure it's just Phil. Is that it right? It might just be Phil. Phil's willing to pay. Buy that blue mark. Buy that because otherwise, oh, there's a whole bunch of more Phil Yanovs out there. But the point here is that LinkedIn's looking for a very different experience. They have paying customers. They need to make sure that the experience continues to bring people back so they continue to pay, which means they're not going to share your content with everybody. So if you can start that conversation, and that conversation is measured by comments. And the secret number is, look, if you can generate 10 comments in the first hour, LinkedIn will show your post to 1,000 people, minimum in the first 24 hours, guaranteed. I enjoy this because when I do speaking gigs in front of sales teams, I will usually... So I did one in uh, Dallas uh, a couple months ago. And what I do is I got the CEO to make... He was brand new CEO. This is his first sales conference. I got him to do a post minutes before I went on stage. And then I created a link to the post as a QR code. And I put it in the slide deck. So I step on stage, introduce myself. And then my very next slide is this QR code that appears. And I said, look, your CEO sitting in the front row just made a post on LinkedIn. Please click on the QR code and go leave a comment. So there was 160 people in the audience. All of a sudden, you see 160 phones go up as they're taking a, they're getting the QR code and they're not really paying attention to me now because they're all sending comments. I did my presentation. I get to the end. It was a 45-minute presentation. I get to the end and I turn to the CEO. I said, hey, and I asked him to respond to a lot of those comments, which kept him busy. How many people looked at your post in the last 45 minutes? And I had people start shouting out the numbers. It had to be 160 because that's how many people were on the... They were all wrong. Just shy, 2,958 people looked at that post in 45 minutes. Why? Because it started a conversation and amongst the whole team that was there. So th this is the difference when we think of, oh, I need to put a pretty picture. 
Pretty pictures cause people to click like and move on. I need to throw up a video. Video causes people to click like and move on. So you need to always be thinking, will this start a conversation? And if not, how can I involve people? So if, if you were all to put out a post, you tell each other, hey, I just put that post out. Let's go talk about it. Or send it beforehand. Hey, I'm going to put this post out next Thursday. Could you guys add your expertise to that? I'd love to see what you had to say. It's a great way to start those conversations amongst like-minded people. Yeah, that, I, we, can, we can validate that, right? Because I think you know we decided uh, a year or so ago that when we released an episode, which is a link, a video, and a link outside of LinkedIn, <laughs> right? violating all the rules. Right. Um, but when we do that, all of us comment on, on the thing. And yeah, it's generated uh, momentum, right? In, in terms of- Easily of, 10X, easily yeah. 10X over what the post would normally do. And one of the things I'd recommend that you do is then like two days later, do another post or within the next 24 hours. So let's suppose the post goes out. What time do you put the post out? Does it, is it a set time? Um, no, everyone's so, laughing. No. <laughs> so let's suppose the post goes out at noon, the next morning in the morning, the next day, have the team go do another burst of comments. You've got a couple of uh, metrics that are being measured. The first 90 minutes is one that'll tell you how many views the post is going to get over the next 24 hours, but the next eight to 24 hours of comments will tell you how many views the post is going to get over the next week. So doing a second right. round of burst of com conversation will cause the algorithm to re-engage and keep that content relevant rather than dropping off dramatically. So that's another little technique that you can do. Yeah. I'm gonna, Richard, thank you for being here. You know I'm a fan of what you're showing us. And every time it's like, I am so glad we're recording this because otherwise I'd be I'd be here just taking notes. That just be notes is all it would be. But I know I'm recording it, so I have to take all of the notes. But you've already pointed out to us that you know, my first big takeaway was we used to go to LinkedIn to get a job. Now it's where we go do our job. It's where we are seen doing our job. And I love that. So what, where am I supposed to be doing with my profile now to make it look like I'm in the middle of doing my job? How do I draw the right people to me now? You know, what advice would you give Phil Yanov, comma, knucklehead? Well, the first, the first thing is to check and see who it looks like your, your audience is, right? Um, and so the, the best way to do that is, so Phil, I'm, we're, we're recording. I'm pulling up your profile now. I'm taking a look at it. Okay. Do, you, do you want to share, Richard? I yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and just share it because it's a video. So, and Phil and I had this conversation when I visited him, or we had a conversation a while back. So here we are. Here's Phil. Your, so first of all, does this look like Phil? Absolutely. Good looking picture of Phil. What's that background image? I know what that is, and I've had this conversation with Phil, but no one else knows what that image is in the background. It's an old newspaper. I say old only because newspapers are now old. And I know what it is. It's, it's, it's an announcement about your Tech After Five um, activities and everything, which is great. But I have to ask you, Phil, the visual usage of this space to brand yourself and to bring in your audience and get some interest. Does this work? And it might, because not a whole lot of people use newspapers anymore to talk about themselves. That would be the first thing you to think about that banner. I got to tell you, this is different. Now this is to come back to Oliver. This is opinion, not data. I really struggle with any kind of text that's in the banner that I want people 
to keep <laughs> and know and remember. That's not, that's, it's not searchable. I can't click and paste it. I can't click on it. There's nothing there. And so I think, uh, who do we got here? Uh, Chris, as we pull up yours. Oh, no, don't, don't do mine. <laughs> well, this is, this is equal opportunity. Well, I got Oliver's. Here's Oliver's, right? I mean, we've got everybody up here. So what image are we creating? And I got Wendy right there. There we go. Let's do Wendy's. She, she has the best one. <laughs> no, no, Richard may disagree. But here's one of the challenges. Okay, I'm going to use Wendy's as a challenge. So she's got turn strategy into reality, make the impossible possible. Now, that's, she's got a book. You can see, you can kind of see the book there. Challenges that picture of her, which is a great picture, is going to move depending on how I'm using LinkedIn. And so sure. it's going to move into the middle of that image, covering up the very words that she's hoping people will read. This is why I struggle with the idea of using text heavy posts. And then this logo, what is this, Wendy? What is this S2R here in the Strategy corner? Reality. Mm -hmm. And you'll see now looking at it, I can't see your picture. This picture here, it's black, it's almost dark. The the uh, gold on black is hard to read. Oh, think about it. Also, I'm on a mobile device, maybe. Right now, I'm not. And then this photo is going to cover it up. So the, the image is something we need to rethink about being a little bit more brandy and a lot less informational. That would be one. Now, as we look at our um, this here, award-winning community organizer, presenter, podcaster, speaker, founder, connector, networking over coffee, tech after five. This is great. I like this. It's very, it captures a lot of it. Um, this is important. I give different advice to my company than I do to probably the, the use on the call because take a look at Scott. I help you build the long-term value of your business. Author of Build. So Scott, what Scott's doing is, hey, here's my value to you. But in my space, I deal with tech B2B. And I want to know immediately when I look at you, where do I hang you? What peg do I hang you on in the, my ecosystem? Right. And I don't know where to hang Scott on my ecosystem. I don't know where to hang Dave, David on my ecosystem, but I know where to hang Jay on my ecosystem. He's the creative director at JVL Media. Ah, he's probably a vendor. He's going to go in my vendor box in my head. Um, what about our good way? friend, Joey? Joey, <laughs> I will help you make cool stuff for fun and profit at the Synergy Mill DIY. Okay. The challenge here, is there more there? There might be, but I'm probably not going to follow it. I'm going to look at that first little opening line, and that's going to help me understand how to categorize you because I get a lot of notifications and a lot of, I mean, just here, we're just, we're recording. I hope I don't embarrass, I'm not embarrassing anybody on the call, but I have we can edit it out <laughs> or, or use it to nice. humorous effect as we normally do. <laughs> I have 138 connection requests right now. <clears throat> so I got to go through all of these and figure out who's trying to connect with me and why. And so the first thing I'm going to look at when I look at these, uh, let's go back to that. He is a B2B marketing expert, speaker, advisor, mentor, but I don't know who he works for. So I'm just like, yeah, uh, speaker, coach, helping executives. Uh, see, I'm struggling here with all of these. I'm trying to scan to say, Yes or no? Know. Yes or no? Where do, how do I categorize you? Now, this sounds um, not positive, but from my, again, from my perspective, dealing in the B2B, I don't need to know what problem you solve. I need to know what relationship I have with you. And that's very different than a solopreneur who's reaching out to actual specific prospects on the call, looking some 
am I making sense there? I, I don't want to believe. Oh, no, completely. So it's opinion. Yeah. It's complete opinion. Wait, do me. <laughs> okay, is this Chris? Okay. Good I picture. took that picture, by the way. That's an actual drawing on a window. Uh, and, and that, and I, that obviously that's not a zoom, excuse me, that's not an iPhoto. So yes, you took that, which means there's a personal story back there, which might bring people in and make them interested in that. Um, architect enterprise since 1999, architecting enterprises. So you've been doing this since the late 1900s. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say that, that way. I age backward, Richard, like uh, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. Button, so. But I got to tell you that th- to that's a bad. Large, that's bad. That's I'm not, old. Yeah. 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 And, gotcha. And that's not what you intended with that opening line. Yeah. You didn't intend uh, for 1999. So let's let's take a quick look. What what were you architecting in in since if we go back and look here? Right, you've been doing. I don't this know if it th- goes all the way back to. Well, let's just take a quick look. That's a really good uh, point, though. Wow, that, what is that? Wow. I know that that was not my choice, believe it or not. But you could probably, you could probably. I think you have control of your own LinkedIn. You might be able to edit that. Yeah. Okay, interesting. You've got some uh, army experience back here. We're way back into the mid nineties. <laughs> You got to ask yourself, yeah. is that valuable? That, That's not valuable, is it? Is any of that relevant to your audience today? Yeah, not at all. Is the army relevant to your audience today? Probably not. Well, I'm going to ask, I'm going I'm to I'm throw that red challenge flag on that one. I'm going to okay. ask the other three people on the call. Is his army experience relevant to his audience today? Yeah, I think so. Totally relevant. Not, not only like from that. thought process, but from relationships. Yes. Absolutely. Because... Your about section should probably capture some of the fact that in your career, you've from personal to professional to civilian to military, you've had the opportunity of working with a wide variety of, of companies and, and um, experiences. And in that time, one of the key things you've learned is that when it comes to relying on your team, that details matter, that failure is not an option. And that the one thing that you recognize is the diversity of ideas and backgrounds is critically important to accomplishing any mission. Also, as a leader, you recognize that the commander's intent continues to be a significant part of communications. Help your teams understand what is needed and then allow them the flexibility to go and pursue that. You are there to support and guide them. As a servant leader, you recognize that leadership is not about being in charge or outranking someone but it's about serving those who are relying on you. So to make sure that the mission's accomplished and that everybody comes home safe, whether that's in, in work where every detail matters and my clients rely on me to help them understand how to negotiate that to individuals who I help as a mentor in career as they grow and, and become and develop what they do. Well, I, I like what you said better than what I was going to say, which is, you know, I learned don't be first, don't be last, and never volunteer. Those were that was the right. <laughs> and if you're if you're not early, you're late. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I spent mine was uh, mine was fifteen. I don't years. think he Art- learned that really. Fifteen years in the I, artillery. I think they tried to teach him. I don't think he actually learned that part. So, Chris, I was an artillery officer for for fifteen years. So, yeah. yeah. I fidelity. Well, you're, and yeah. you're hearing me use some of the language that uh, you recognize, right? Uh, commander's intent. Right. So your audience recognizes that your years in the military. Now, you don't have to lead with it and you don't have to say in my time in the military, but start to use some of that language that you pull out about servant leadership, about what does it mean to lead the responsibility, attention to detail, accountability, your understanding that 
you, when you commit to something, failure is not an option. There are so many elements of leadership that you have pulled out of your career that instead what you've got here is, hey, Chris Lockhart has had 18 years of experience defining, planning, executing, communicating, brought in into solutions. His work ranges from this, this, and this. He's an enterprise architect. Prior to doing this, he worked here. This is just a laundry list of your opening letter of your cover letter of your resume. Mm. This is not a communication to the problems you can help your customers solve today, drawing upon the experiences of your background. Right. And so I'm using Chris as an example, but for the rest of you, you can see this is the key element when it comes to particularly your about section. This helps define who am I? Not what have I done, but when we... It's a forward-thinking statement that says, when we enter into a business relationship, here's what you can expect from me, whether you're coming to work for me, whether you're hiring me, whether we're partnering, whatever that might be. So, Richard, we've, we've talked a lot about, I think, the, the personal branding side profile. There are people who, of course, want to use LinkedIn to share about their products and services. Do you have guidance on how do we work that into whether it's profiles or posts and how do you not be too, you know, too in people's face? What's the right balance? How do you do that? Great question, Wendy. So there's, it's a three-step process. Um, Cause it ultimately, I hate to say this, but one of the things we're trying to do is generate business, which is falls under the category of selling, hence social selling. And we all know we accept that connection request. And the next thing is we get that unsolicited email and I immediately unfollow you and I delete you and I block you. I never want to talk to you again. You just violated the trust. Me accepting a connection request did not give me give you permission to spam me. So how do you build that trust? And I call it give before asking. If I send you a connection request unsolicited, I am asking for something long before I've given you anything. I'm asking for you to accept my connection, to trust me, to give me trust I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking. If I send you an in-mail unsolicited, I'm asking you to open it, to respond. There's all kinds of asks. In order to be effective on social selling, particularly on LinkedIn, we need to flip it and say, how can I give to this relationship first to somebody who does not know who I am long before I ask? And I got to tell you, some are like, oh, I'll give them a solution. I'll give them our product because our problem solves our problem. No, that is not get giving. You're still asking. There are three what, steps. What if I give a free website? Um, if they sign up, <laughs> I get that all the time. Right. But even giving a, Hey, a free copy of my book. No, the free copy of my book is if I'm asking you to come do this thing so I can give you, it's still an ask up front. So there are three things you can do on LinkedIn. And when I say them, they're going to be so obvious, but they can be so powerful. Step number one is go find your prospects and like their content, right? That's number one. That's the easiest. You're going to get notified that Richard liked your content, okay? Number two, go participate in their conversations with commenting. I recommend three comments a day minimum, okay? And I'm telling you to your audience as well, if you were to go comment on three people, different people for the next five days, you will see a 100 to 300% jump in the people looking at your LinkedIn profile in a week. In that week of commenting on other people's conversations, other people will see you and come look at your LinkedIn profile to see, hence, get your digital house in order first. Make sure that you're talking to that audience because you're going to start driving them to you. Commenting on other people's conversations is the secret power of LinkedIn. My team went to an event in Las Vegas. First time two of my salespeople had ever been to a technology conference. Beforehand, they identified 80 because they registered and they got the registration list. They identified 80 individuals 
who were prospects who were going to be at this event for us. So for the next two weeks, they did nothing but comment on those 80 individuals. Comment, 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 comment. No request, connection request, nothing. Just commenting. They show up to the event. You would have swore they were rock stars. They didn't have to introduce themselves to half these people. They walked up. These people were like, oh, yeah. They asked for a connection request there. 100% of them except person did not want to connect with them. Wanted to give them a business card and then tried to mansplain them what a business card was. Because my team is like, we don't have business cards. Well, here, let me show you how a business card can help you drive business. My two, they're both blonde women who walked away saying, well, I can't repeat what they said about that guy. But comment, comment. Here's what happened. They're sitting at the table. One guy says, oh, who are you? Oh, Leah and Kira. The other guys at the table says, you're Kira? You're with Blisspoint. My boss has known you're here and they want to meet with you. You've been commenting on her content. She loves it. She wants to meet with you. Of the 80 prospects, 22, so 79 accepted connection requests right there. 22 of them accepted sales calls. Immediately, as soon as they got back, they sent that connection request. It was so great to meet you, to engage with you. These prospects didn't realize they had been hunted like lions on the Serengeti plane. <laughs> they, they, they just, they were just like, this is great. But the point here is that liking and commenting is a very powerful way to get in front of that prospect, giving, giving, giving. Now here's the last one. You have a prospect, large company, they don't know you and they're getting, it's a CIO of an organization, chief information officer, or, and you're trying to get in front of them. So what you do is you go find something they've done. Maybe they made a post on LinkedIn. Maybe they haven't. Most of CIOs don't post regularly on LinkedIn. So you go Google their name, podcast guest, and you go find them on a podcast or you go find where they have been mentioned. And then you write a post and this is what it says. I was listening to an interesting podcast the other day that had guest prospect, tag your prospect, tag them. He said, she said something interesting. Highlight the problem or whatever was said, cut and paste it. Here's my answer to that, because I know a lot of my customers have that same question. And here's how I've solved it for them. Blah, 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 blah. Now you hit post. You're talking, who are we talking to there? Talking to our audience. Who got notified? The prospect. What's the first question the prospect asked themselves? Who the heck are you? Who is this person? Right. And then the second is, what are they saying about me? Because it says, Richard Bliss mentioned you in a post. So this prospect now goes and looks at your post. And they see you listening to their guests speaking. At a they see that you paid attention. You gave something attention. They see you identifying and understanding the problem that they have. And they see you talking to your audience about how you solved this problem. Wow. I've given, 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 given. I haven't even asked anything yet. And yet my prospect now knows, knows me very well. So I've done this for multiple clients. I had one of them send me an email back said, Richard, I followed that formula. Listen to an inch. In this case, was reading an interesting article by and tagged the prospect. He said this. Here's my answer. So he showed me the email, he had, he, the post. He came back and said, you know what? In one day, the prospect cold called the sales rep. <laughs> said, can we awesome. set up a meeting? Wow. Awesome. Why? Because it, was, it was a safe environment for the, for the customer prospect to look over the shoulder. So Wendy, to answer your question, use this tool as a means of building trust and accountability by, this is what I talked about at the very beginning, show them you doing your job. 
teaching, educating, solving problems, but give them a safe environment to look over your shoulder and then turn themselves in saying, Phil, isn't that your line? Turn themselves in. It is my line. I know. That's where <laughs> I, I got it. it. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's where I got it. Turn themselves in. And in this case, the prospect turned themselves in in a single day saying, this was great. Every time I've used this with prospects, almost 100% of the time, my, the salespeople are telling me they're having success with a set, at least establishing that initial conversation. Now, talking about the very thing, the problem they're trying to solve for the customer. So there you go. There's a, there, that was a long-winded answer, Wendy, to a very short question. Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. And, and you just remind us on how, you know, how we dialogue, how we engage has truly changed. And I feel like these platforms just magnify who we are and how we show up as humans. So very Absolutely. Cool. That, that's amazing, Richard. I know you're short on time. Do you have, do you have time for one more question? I think we got one. Sure. I might have time for the question, whether I have time for the yeah. yeah. yeah, that's, that's just cut start. off before the, yeah. <laughs> This is just like gold. I'm afraid it like is. any it's more of the, any more Richard and people's heads are going to burst. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I mean, it's just all solid, actionable stuff and updated for where we are right now. And I think that's why it's brilliant. I'm glad you're here. I couldn't, I, there could, couldn't have had a better person for this conversation. One thing I was just going to add is it's very much about playing the long game. I think there are way too many people that try and use it like, like a spam email or I get really frustrated with it. So I think it's very nice to hear some data points validating some of my suspicions on play the long game, build the relationship and the things will, will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that because Richard, Richard gave us the thing. Richard gave us permission to do a thing I've been doing, which is if someone is in fact playing the short game and they're simply going to spam me, I've been deleting some of those guys too. So here, it's like, here's, that was it. One, be, one strike and you're out. Here's something to be aware of. Those in-mails that you receive from those salespeople, right? They send you an in-mail. It says in-mail. Yeah. They have to pay for those. They either pay for them with premium or sales navigator, but they have to pay for those and they get a limited number. So when you get that in-mail, I talk to people all the time who are polite and say back, I'm not interested. Do not do that. Because the moment you respond to their in-mail, LinkedIn gives them the credit back. Oh, you were able to establish a communication that was not a spam. We're going to let you now send another one to somebody. So every time you interact with those spammers, you are giving them basically money back in their pocket so they can go turn around and do it somebody else. So you, if it's a spam, it comes in, you don't respond, you don't do anything. You just hit the delete on the end mail. And I often just say block because I have no desire to talk to you. Richard, you've taught us how to fight the power, which I love, right? <laughs> um, and you know how to how to represent not only ourselves but you know our thoughts, which I think you know. And I I think we suspected some of this, but right. I mean, you know, the, the idea around like it's engagement, right? You, you need to engage, right? Yeah. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a taking scenario; it's a giving scenario, right? And I I think it's brilliant, right? Because um, you're right. That's not that's not how. Um, the older folks like no. us, uh, you know, we're thinking about that in the 19th or the 20th century. So the 19th century, late, I mean, 1900s, late, 1900s. late 1900s, late 1900s. It is not. I started at Word Perfect Corporation in 1989. Uh, I loved Word Perfect. Right. We well, all did. Yeah. <laughs> except for the group now who says who? Yeah. Yeah. Right. In my training this past week, one of the guys is like, I've never, I said they were acquired by Novell. Yeah. Who? Who? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'm going to change my reference points yeah. now. Uh, I left there. I went to work for Banyan Vines. Uh, yeah. Did you really? No. no. Okay, I was going to like, oh, no, that, we knew that, those guys too. that out there. 
I'm like, wow, uh, really? Listen, I haven't I talked Richard, about that in a while. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much. Um, you know, golden, golden, free, free right. stuff that everyone can use, uh, you know, to, to better their engagement, their network, connect with more people and have more meaningful conversations, which I think is, you know, really what the objective of the tool is, right? So I think that that's fantastic. So listen, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Richard Bliss. We've got Phil Yanoff, Wendy Keen, Oliver Cronin. I am Chris Lockhart. Thank you, everybody. Um, and I uh, appreciate it. We'll see, we'll see you all next time. Take, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Richard, well done. Thank you, friend. Thanks, Richard. That Thank was amazing. I, I, I'm doing it all wrong. I, I, I mean, I, I go, when I edit this, I'm, I'm taking notes furiously. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and Wendy, I didn't realize you knew Phil and Chris because you and I got introduced through Rick Diana. Exactly. Yes. And that's right. where I ended up talking to Leah. Exactly. exactly. Right. So Leah is a member yeah. of my team. Also, my oldest daughter. Leah happens to be my oldest daughter who works for me. Fabulous. Yes. Yeah. So I, I was surprised to have you on the call. I'm like, why is Wendy here? Did I miss, oh, yes. did I miss something in this? Oh, no. I was confused yeah. about why it's I was so here. Good. We're all connected. There you go. We're just very lucky that we have Wendy hanging around with us. Yeah. And Oliver, yeah. you're in the UK, right? I am. Yes. Yes. I'm in the UK. So where in the UK? Uh, Thames Valley, M4 corridor, so uh, west of about an hour west of London, basically. So I go to Reading every year for holiday. Yeah, yeah, that, literally, I'm half an hour's drive from Reading, really close. North, south, east, west. To the west, to the, west so the, the M4 um, freeway, uh, motorway to, it. to, the, to the west, basically, half an hour, and I'm, or 15 minutes to half an hour, and I'm there. Yeah. Is You're going to have Basing, to meet down the pub next time. Basing Stoke, Basing, Basing, I was, yeah, Basing Stoke's to the south of me. So yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm about the same distance as Basing Stoke away from Reading. Okay. So. so that's where I go. I go to Basing Stoke every, uh, every year. Oh, so uh, cool. Well, next yeah. time you're there, give us a shout. I will. I will. And, and together I and have also. a Tetley's. Well, yeah. I try, I try to come to Greenville uh, at least once a year. And uh, the, so Chris, you're, are you in Greenville? I am. I'm in Greenville. Yeah. We'll uh, even I mean, let you come have, you know, we'll come out and meet with Chris when we, you and I and Scott <laughs> get together. Awesome. We'll let awesome. Chris show up even. Thank Wendy, you. You're, okay. Wendy, you're in New York. I am actually in companies based in New York, but I live in Norway, Stavanger, Norway, though I am temporarily stuck in the U.S. with a passport issue. So hello from Columbus. Uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> You're in Columbus right now? You're in Columbus right now? Yes, I am. I'm supposed to be in Akron tomorrow. That's not Stop! That. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Akron? Oh, but I, one, of my children, one of my children was born in Dayton, which is just down oh, the street from Columbus. Aw. And I used to work for a company based out of Columbus um, oh called Veeam. So we're all connected somehow, aren't we? Amazing. Well, listen, right. appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you, Richard. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk Thank to you next time. So much. Thank you, Richard. Bye-bye. See you. So panelists, co-hosts. That was amazing. That was stunning. It's That's slightly, um, completely, uh, what's the word? destroying Project. what we're doing like don't post video whatever you're like, oh, oh, right. yeah um no but it 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 is yeah it's um i mean i've never really taken it that seriously right and it's like it shows and you know it's like i got i've got to adjust how i engage you the really thing is, every time I talk to him, he's got, you know, new stuff that they've yeah. done out of those research he, reports. He did a tech and after just, five over Zoom, didn't he, Phil? I'm, yeah, we've done several things together over yeah. the years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but every time I'm adjusting what I'm doing. And, you know, and this thing now, like, you know, hey, people used to use it to find a job. Now they use it to do their job, to be seen, that kind of thing. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, 
you know, who am I and am I starting conversations? You know, and that trick that I use, like when we do, when I do posts about tech after five, I do photo posts Mm -hmm. that include a number of people. I tag all of those people, which I thought that was point. Those are points I got from Richard right back when we started doing this. But my other thing is I send the email out to everybody who is at the event and ask them to come back and like and comment on the post. And I get thousands of views on something that's just party pictures. Nice. I've also noticed, I feel like some things are tweaking over time. Like now i just read something that says, oh, don't tag, like wait 10 minutes to tag or something. It's like, oh my God, it's really I don't good. know. This is why I made the point about the data because I think some of it is people's pet theories and there's nothing to back it up. That's why, I know, sorry, Chris, I didn't realize your, one of your questions was a similar kind of No, question. no, it's fine. No, that that's perfect. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we flowed. It was great. So, and I knew the thing about, and I've said this in the past, right? If you put the link in the thing, which we never do, if you put the link in it, it cuts it in half at a minimum. So we always put the link. I put the link down in the comment. By the way, if you're more interested in this, here's yeah. the link. You know, yeah. do it that way. And but the whole thing of just starting a conversation, which means more than two words, right? Did did someone respond with a sentence or two? That's a conversation. Yeah. You know, I do have to say, even considering some of these things, I've been. I mostly care about the people that are reading this. I mean, of course, I care about people seeing it, but there are a couple little things like. Everybody puts the link in the thing because you're not supposed to do that or wait 10 minutes in it. Like, I want the person to have it in the post. I don't, I really care about the person seeing the thing. I don't want them to have to go digging just because I'm trying to play the algorithm. So I just all of a sudden noticed this is playing a little bit of just trying to feed the algorithms versus what's the best for people. I think the other thing is, is it a numbers game or is it a quality game? That was, the, I mean, if we had more time, there was a couple more questions I'd probably ask. Yes. One would be about articles because. I feel like articles were a really big thing a few years ago. I used to get a lot of traction off them. They just don't seem to do anything these days. And yeah, the, the, the other one is about kind of sure it's about quality, not about quantity. But it, it depends on what kind of business you're in, right? If you're selling sure. widgets and you need to sell it to thousands of people, then it's about numbers. Good point, Oliver. I'm a quality game. That's true. That's very true. You're very quality, Wendy, that's for sure. I'm a quality. I'm like, I care about the people. That's all I care about, you know.